Most people believe in accountability and taking responsibility for one's actions. Strangely, we've come to a place in our society where this isn't always the case. Stranger still, this exception is for a group which wields more authority than most. How counterintuitive that those given more capability are also unbound by accountability. How did we get here? And would it be better to go back to the way it once was? Qualified immunity in the police. What they are now, what they've been, and what they should be. This week. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, last week we talked about prosecutorial discretion, and we thought that it might be a good follow-up episode to talk about qualified immunity and other accountability for state actors. Hmm, interesting. So let's begin with what qualified immunity is. I feel like most people who would listen to this podcast probably knows about that phrase, but in the event that they don't, what does it mean? Uh, it means the police can do what they want. Um. <laughs> in a nutshell, you are correct. Um, although I know it's not that simple, but looking at a definition <clears throat> that I'm totally had prepared... It's, uh, let's just look at Wikipedia because I feel like it's going to be not so simple that a definition would be good enough. So to quote Wikipedia, in the United States, qualified immunity is a legal principle that grants government officials performing discretionary, optional, functions, immunity from civil suits unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated, quote, clearly established statutory or constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known End quote. It is a form of sovereign immunity, less strict than absolute immunity, that is intended to protect officials who, quote, make reasonable but mistaken judgments about open legal questions, end quote, extending to, quote, all officials but the plainly incompetent or those who knowingly violate the law, end quote. Qualified immunity applies only to government officials in civil litigation, does not protect the government itself from suits arising from officials' actions. And then there's one more tagline citing a U.S. Supreme Court case. Um, oh, in the U.S. Supreme Court first introduced the qualified immunity doctrine in Pearson v. Ray, 1967, a case litigated during the height of the civil rights movement. It is stated to have been originally introduced with the rationale of protecting law enforcement officials from frivolous lawsuits and financial liability in cases where they acted in good faith in unclear legal situations. So that's the entirety of like the introduction paragraphs uh on wikipedia as to what it is so that being the i guess more expanded you know abstract for what qualified immunity is i think it still kind of holds to the original short definition of the police get to do what they want right um i think what makes this interesting is that first of all this is only in civil cases right right yeah you're immune from civil suit but what's interesting thing, the interesting thing to me is about civil suits. Well, I guess what's more interesting to me about criminal suits is that only one party can bring a criminal suit against a person. Right. The state. Can someone spell conflict of interests? Yeah. Um, and I think, however, this is maybe a confusion that a lot of people get because I hear a lot of people complaining about qualified immunity and there's like an expectation that, and like, to be fair, this usually surrounds when like, say the police officers shoot somebody and kill somebody. Mm -hmm. And they usually are claiming that the person who died in this case made some kind of sudden movement or they felt as though their life was threatened. Right. Which by the way, is a different standard for civilians in self-defense shootings. I might note. Um, so the people who look at that and say, well, that doesn't make any sense. You just murdered this person. You can't actually civilly sue for murder necessarily. No. You can, you can form a civil suit for loss of life, but right. you're not yeah, wrongful death, wrongful yeah. death. Yeah. You're not punishing the person necessarily for having committed murder though. It's different. You can't send somebody to prison for that. You can only reclaim damages. Exactly. Which then you enter into the whole question of, well, what is, uh, 
the value of human life and all this. Well, and also, what is the value of this human's life to you? Right. Because that's all you can sue for. Mm-hmm. So if that person has no relation to you at all, um, then you can't sue for any damages. Right. So let's start there, and then maybe that'll fork our conversation into two sides that we would need to complete and turn. So what are your feelings about people not being able to force some kind of criminal litigation of a let's just say a police officer in this case do you, which to be fair actually i don't know if it's true that police officers can have criminal charges brought against them the person who happens to be the police officer certainly can right like if you're a police officer that commits a crime that you know so you, you say so you're a dirty cop right mm-hmm. the prosecutor can still charge you with a criminal well with a crime in mm-hmm. this case and, and charge you and you're the police officer and i do think that maybe there's like more stringent things that are brought about but this is one and i don't know it, it's strange because it's like the state wants to protect its agents right generally um they're on the same team and and more specifically the people who make up the government are the government right um and i think this is an attempt to pretend otherwise right that when a person yeah, another classic case of a corporation i.e. the government using its corporateness to deflect responsibility onto a amorphous thing that doesn't actually exist right Um, this person didn't do anything wrong but the government may have you can sue the government right or in the case of just the police stations like you can sue that particular police department or the city or county that operates it right right but all of the people that make up that entity come and go it remains you know it has a budget that sticks with it and authority tm but that's really it 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 owns property like a person might but all of those things together in the absence of people does nothing you know that i think that's maybe the point is that without the people that form the government the government doesn't do anything and i know that there's this idea that the government should be representative of all people Right, and so the only way to punish the government would be to somehow punish all people, and so instead of locking everybody in prison for like thirty minutes to sum up a large sentence in a city, right, like a city of ten, you know, fifty people, and someone needs to serve like a uh, hundred year sentence, you don't lock everybody up for two years, right? Right. That doesn't make any sense especially since most of those people didn't actually get to decide anything in that moment. But we also have this weird idea that the person acting on behalf of the state, which should be acting on behalf of the people in a democracy should get some protections because it's acting at the people's behest. But I don't think that's ever how it actually happens. Right. But that is actually a person though, making their own choices Mm -hmm. that oftentimes almost actually i think every time chose to be that person right um in that position what i mean like no one is forced to run for office right right no one is forced and and granted most of the people in this case that are police officers you don't run for office to become a police officer you apply for a job it's a job and the commissioner's elected maybe or the sheriff is elected but that but even if the sheriff appoints you as a deputy you can just decline Sure. You don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. And not only that, but you are not held at least legally responsible right now for not doing your job, right? Like the police commissioner, because they're the elected party, might be upset with you, the police officer, for not attempting to stop certain crimes or intervening or not intervening in certain situations, right. right? But the worst he can do is fire you. Right. Um, ultimately, it is up to you 
whether or not you want to be there and do that. And even if you're there trying to do good things and make good decisions, and I do think that there are plenty of police officers that have fairly spotless careers that make good decisions. But I also understand that this job, because of kind of how it is now, and I would say that being a police officer now is not the same as what it was to be a police officer in the past. Yeah. I mean, there's there's kind of this change in mind about policing. You know, I think the idea, like a peace officer was kind of maybe the better way to kind of classify what a police officer was in the past. Like, they are there to ensure that people get along and if things were to become violent, be the arm of the state in a violent encounter. And, but they're mainly there to serve and arbitrate between members of the community from a third party. Like you're essentially the judge in the street, right? You're not for little things throughout the day, two people arguing, two people fighting. You're there to make sure no one dies. You're there to make sure that everyone's rights are upheld to the best of your ability for all the small things that you don't, it's not worth time going to court over, you know? And and I know that I might be romanticizing it a little bit, but I mean, that is kind of true. You know, the, at least in the United States, towns and cities were a lot smaller back then and people didn't move around as much. And um, it was easy to know who everybody was, you know. Or even if you didn't know who everybody was, you at least knew the places they could be from or where they were staying, right? And you knew the area and you you policed the place where you lived. Like most people knew where the police officer of their little area or where the sheriff at least lived, Mm -hmm. you know, they, and they had to operate within that community. So even without any criminal litigation or civil litigation, they knew that like, they still had the coffee shop that they went to, to get coffee from. They knew the guy who ran it. They knew everybody who was in there every morning from six to 7am, you know, they had to get their car washed and serviced by someone in town. You know, um, they were just as reliant on the people in their town just as much as the other people were reliant on them. And so everything, just like everyone else, has this idea of, well, you need to behave in such a way that if you are unwilling to cooperate with the people in your general area, they might also collectively stop wanting to cooperate with you and you by nature being the odd person out would suffer for that and to be fair i think we do see some of that today a lot of these police officers that have the question of qualified immunity brought against them most of them move most of them will never be police officers in that place again Mm -hmm. they'll still be police officers just not there you know but either way i think there was a lot less of it was a lot less blatant that you were an arm of the state then, you know? Um, whereas I feel like now we've kind of constructed this agent of the state role to do the state's bidding and treat everyone that's not a police officer as a citizen or a civilian that's different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that you should be doing anything you can to uh, further the goals of the state, regardless of what that actually means you would have to do yourself, regardless of how you feel about it. Um, and essentially, you know, put on the uniform, stop being whoever you are. Right. You're your no longer John Doe. You're an agent of the city of whatever now. Right. When you put on the uniform, you become a police officer. Which I actually hate that because I don't think that's ever really truly the case. No. And I think that most people that do that understand that that's not ever truly really the case. Anybody who is a civilian but has family members or friends that are law enforcement, when you see your friend or your family member in uniform, you don't just see agent of the state. You still see your, they're the person that mm-hmm. they are, you know. Um, And most of them don't make any effort to like, ignore the people that they do know in their day-to-day life like if they see you driving around town they'll wave at you or whatever you know they're more than happy to be that person in front of you right then but they're also more than happy to turn on you in a moment's notice if you were to be a you know against their interest and or maybe that's the expectation Mm -hmm. you know i don't know i just don't like it. it doesn't make sense to me and so 
I, I don't feel like we should, I don't feel like we should try to push for this to be a thing. Like we need to do everything we can, I think, to bring the people who make up the government, keep them as close to the civilian population, which they are also members of as possible. And I think that's how you can keep the interests of two those two groups of people in, in as a close of an alignment as possible. <clears throat> I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's an interesting take. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that before. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about how, um, you know, how how we got to where we are now. What's changed, um, with respect to to these things. But yeah, I I do see your point. I bring yeah bring the humanity back to governing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have have people behave like people, mm-hmm. and align their interests with those of the people they're supposed to be working for. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why you see, you know, not to name any specific incident in recent history, although I'm sure everybody listening to this would know them. And honestly, regardless of when you're listening to this, you probably, there's some ones that haven't happened yet to us that will happen. Most of these things occur in large dense population centers where it is impossible to know everybody. Right. Yeah. If you're an NYPD officer, you cannot possibly know everybody in New York City. No. Or even your borough. No. But these things don't happen as much in small communities where the police live in the same place and are the of the people they are policing, you know. They go to church with those people, they see these people, they they their kids play ball together with other people in the community. Like and even when these things do happen in those communities there isn't really a need for qualified immunity. You know, people are more willing to be merciful to someone who they actually can believe genuinely made a mistake. You know what I mean? And as hard as as weird as that sounds, you know, tragedies do happen all the time and it actually is someone's fault, but they had zero intention for it to go the way it did. Yeah. And, we need to have, and any society has built into it, functions to redeem those people. Because nobody knows who it's going to be that causes this. You know, you listening to this, if you own a vehicle, it is distinctly possible that you will run over a child in your lifetime that you didn't see. Like, you did everything right. You may have even been driving the speed limit, and the kid may have ran into the road without you seeing it. And you may have struck, and you might hurt. Right, them could or, have run out from behind a fence or something. Like you could have had no chance of, of avoiding it. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of sad stories of parents doing this to their own kids. Like, and the reason I point out kids is not just for the emotional angle, but because they are the most irresponsible people in society that end up with, that we don't blame for anything, right? Right. So it's always the other person's fault, the adult's fault, who should be watching out and being more careful because we can't expect the child to, right? We don't want those people who make those mistakes, especially like the parents, right? Because those parents are the ones who lost as well. Right. It doesn't ring fair to most people to levy extremely harsh punishments. Uh, Yeah, you killed your child by accident, go to prison. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. You know, or at least not for a long time. Like, maybe you think that there has to be some kind of, you know, prevention through showing what might happen to you if you're not careful in some degree. But it's not going to be the same as though you premeditatedly murdered somebody else, you know? Right. Pretty much nobody means to do that. Yeah. Right. And so punishing somebody for doing it is not going to stop it from happening again. It's a genuine accident. And it, and it, I'll say this too. It's also a lot harder to ascribe motives that may or may not be true if you know the person. Um, I think one of the in situations you see this is in communities in which there's fairly high degrees of segregation, maybe not official segregation, but there's bifurcation at least. Yeah. You know, large populations of one ethnic group or cultural group live in one area and then they neighbor a majority of some other ethnic group and when most of the police officers come from one of the ethnic groups any and it doesn't really matter which right i mean ultimately um but that the majority of police officers 
if there's distrust between those ethnic groups because they don't tend to spend time together for whatever reason, and it's not always ethnic, sometimes it's class. You know, if people of different class groups don't spend time together, their kids don't go to the same schools, they don't work at the same jobs, or if they do, they don't work in the same positions, one and maybe in a higher position, or, you know, they're separated. It's in situations where that's the case, it's very easy to ascribe motives that don't exist to those people. And it goes both ways. You know, there's maybe this idea that, it, you know, those in the lower class ascribe to the those in the upper class that they're thieves that are you know, sucking the blood of the lower class, you know, to subsist on and get fat themselves. And so ultimately they see us as lesser and they treat us worse and everything like that. But there's also this idea from the other side of it where, you know, people in the upper class, you know, they they may look and say, oh, well, these people are all thieves. They don't, they want what we have. You know, they don't understand our struggles. They think that just because we got money, we have no problems. And so life is great, but they don't understand that without us, they wouldn't even have a job to work at. You know, they're so ungrateful. Like it goes both ways. Take any two groups. They probably put them next to each other. They'll eventually have something mean to say about each other. And the fact that they have people of the same kind to get together and like refine these totems of the other group together with, it's just going to continue to build. Mm -hmm. Then take that already potentially poor situation and put one of them as the majority of the law enforcement department where they are given actual authority over others. And then anytime anything happens, even if it's just a mistake, if you already hated that person for who they are, if you already thought that that person was, had negative intentions, you're not going to be, it's not going to be likely that you're going to buy that they just made a mistake. You're also more likely to not listen to them even try to justify it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's honestly one of the biggest problems is that we, like I said earlier, the government is people. And so those people need to be held accountable for what they do, but they also need to be recognized as people treated as people. And they need to see themselves as people. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing too, is you see this idea of, you know, I I remember, I remember growing up, I had a job as a baseball umpire. Something that I did when I was a kid to make money. Um, when I say kid, I was in high school. Um, when you're behind the plate, you don't wear... First of all, you don't wear clothes like anybody else, right? You wear blue clothes, right? You, you intentionally set yourself apart from the other teams and the parents. And you're in a small group with the other umpires. But also, when you're behind the plate, you're given a face mask and body armor because, I mean, people are throwing balls really fast towards you and kids are terrible at catching and hitting them, so they hit you a lot, right? I distinctly remember when I would need to get into arguments with parents who thought that their child was perfect, even though they more certainly were not, and it was easier to leave the mask down to argue. Like, even though you could still see my face, but there's iron bars across my eyes and obfuscating my face and... You know, it's easier to feel comfortable being an authority figure when you have like armor on, even if the armor is not intended for other people. I can only imagine how that feels when you're wearing ballistic armor and you are strapped all the time. You know, you've got a gun on your hip, maybe another one on your other hip or a a taser on one hip and a backup gun in your chest rig. And you also have a rifle in your car, which is also armored to be able to handle things. And you also have SWAT vests. And like, you know, I think that's another thing. People talk about the militarization of the police, you know, I do think that there might be something to the psychological aspect of if you dress someone up to be a soldier, they're going to behave like a soldier. Just like if you give people and people will treat them like that too. Just like if you take the average person throw them into a lab coat and have them walk into a room holding a clipboard, people will tend to listen to what that person has to say on matters, regardless of how trained that person actually is. They just fit the the, the role. That's what a smart person looks like. That is a smart person. See, they even have the glasses, you know? Yeah. And not only that, but the people will behave that way, you know? I mean, are you familiar with the Stanford prison experiment? Yeah. That's a just a classic example of what, how the uniform affects the person, not just the person changing the definition of the uniform, but it goes both ways. So I don't know. I think that 
while I understand why uniforms exist, it does, they do it in not just uniforms, but all these other things like color schemes, like most police cars are blue or white or black. One of those three colors. Or some combination thereof. Or some combination thereof. Um, sheriffs can sometimes be green, yellow, or brown, you know, in addition to all those. Um, but you will almost certainly never see a police officer in white in a white uniform. Right. Or a pink uniform, or a yellow uniform, or a green uniform. And I don't mean like army, OD, all drab green, but like a pleasant forest green, you know? <laughs> That's just not a thing. No, that's for the Forest Service, don't you know? <laughs> don't don't you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that maybe we take it a bit too far. The police are not the military. They should never function the same way either. They no. have an entirely different job. In fact, it is very much likely the case that if you, you could find yourself in a situation where the police, if it came down, push comes to shove, it should be the police's job to protect the civilian population from the military. Right. If it would ever to happen that way, you know. But it's never seen that way. I don't know. Like, what would you do with a situation like that? Like, what are, what are some... How do you think we could apply an idea like that to the police to make them less... Like, it's... I'm assuming you agree that the militarization of police is a bad idea in general. Sure. Maybe for different reasons. Other than just the way that, you know... If you give the police officers, like, look, you can either have this really cool rifle that has laser sights on it and can shoot through, like, armor pier- shoot armor-piercing bullets, or you can have this shotgun, which one do you want, to take into this raid, you know? Yeah, I take the rifle. Yeah, yeah every time, because it's it, not just because it's deadlier, but because, I mean... It's better. It's better. Yeah. It's more likely to get me through the thing. Right. Alive, Yeah. And also, you can drive there in this armored van that looks like a van that takes people to the airport. Or we also happen to have this Humvee that we got on discount from the Army Surplus store that happens to have a machine gun mount on top of it. Do you want to take that? Well, yeah, that thing's cool. I'm going to war. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunate Stun just started playing, you know? I don't know, like... What do you think about all that in general? Like, what we could, what, what would, because I don't know that the solution is as simple as, well, put them in Crown Vicks again, you know? Like, that is a start, though. Um, <laughs> make the Crown Vicks scary again. Um, put them in smart cars. <laughs> That's how you get people to really start disrespecting the police. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so, put them on mopeds. <laughs> Was actually a thing. the bicycle cop put them on horseback again yes i actually i find that to be a very good that's charming it is it and also it gives you this i don't know like when you see a guy on a horse you do i mean we're far enough away from the time when the people on horses were mongols usually and invading people you Mm -hmm. know there's this i don't know there's almost something like I guess in the in the Americas is like that's that's a cowboy thing. That's a thing that cowboys do, and cowboys are usually the good guys. You know what I mean? They're not, but like in the stories, you know how much the cops around here would love that. Doxed, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, that's not that doxing. Yeah, I know. The 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 cowboy imagery is not unique to I think any geographical area of the United States. Right. Really, people were watching John Wayne in New York City in 1965. Right. I don't think it was <laughs> that unique. I mean, even then up there, it's like Paul Revere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. If I were to put you in charge of the local police, what would you do to make them less threatening and more involved with the community? Because I know how much you would want to just say, well, how about we just don't police? You know? Yeah, that's the easy answer. Um, But it's not going to get you elected. You know, I'm trying to help you out here, buddy. I'm your campaign manager. Oh, no. What are you trying to do? Holds up microphone. So what is your plan for uh, <laughs> <laughs> making the police better? I can think of a few things, maybe. Okay. Well, I think one of the first things is is that you need to make sure that you are sourcing police officers from everywhere. I think it's the first thing. Like, you need to make the... Yeah, no factions. No yeah. factions. You also need the accessibility of becoming... A police officer it needs to be more accessible i i've watched a couple of trials lately because it's just a thing 
that I like to listen to throughout the day. There's some good live streamers on YouTube that live stream trials, and some of them are criminal. Um, and one of the things I've noticed is that there are a lot of police officers that get bachelor's degrees for some reason. And don't be wrong, I mean, okay. But I think hiring, I think if your entire law enforcement community is has to be college educated, that dramatically reduces the qualified population to be police officers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be well-educated, but I think a lot of this can be done on the job. But I also think we need to expect less of the average beat cop, right? Not every police officer walking around policing needs to be a SWAT team member. Okay. I would rather see more police officers that are less trained and honestly less equipped. Maybe don't even carry a gun. I'm just saying, like, maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe you get a shotgun that you have to keep in your car that you can't just, like, be walking around with that you have to, like, you know, consciously unlock and get out because you know you're about to go into a situation where you might need it. You know, like, the and not only that, but, like, I think the current structure of having a dispatcher who is not there and has to rely on communications from a bunch of other people to put together a holistic image of what's actually happening. I've seen more than one instance where dispatchers will get wrong information but have to pass it along because they don't know whether it's true or not. Right, and then you prime the officer for a violent encounter when it wouldn't have been necessary. Yeah, and not only that, but they show up already armed and in fight mode. And often it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where, no, you will end up in a violent encounter regardless because you're bringing the violence with you. And anybody who may not have been violent already, seeing a bunch of armed police officers running at them with guns out, pointed at them. It's not going to overwhelm them and make them feel scared. It's going to make, but that's the thing. It is going to make them feel afraid, but people who are afraid and backed into a corner do irrationally terrible things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think your average cop that's just around all, like make them more prevalent in some ways, but make them less capable. Like don't make their job to stop every crime. Prioritize crimes. What are the top 10 crimes that everybody in general agrees are problems? in your community is it burglary that those are usually what they are like if you ask the people what are the things they're the most concerned with it's usually like burglary theft property damage you know muggings violence towards people breaking and enterings you know and then obviously like basically i don't want to be attacked by somebody yeah yeah that kind of stuff well just having more police officer around makes that harder to get away with in general, like, I don't know about you, but if I was planning on breaking into a house, but I see a cop just kind of walking around next to the house or in this neighborhood on my way to go break into a house, I'm going to be probably less incentivized to do it. The response times would go up dramatically because with more police officers, you, you can just down. Be, Yeah, down. Sorry. Yeah. The responsiveness goes up. Yes. The response times go down because with more police officers, even if they're less equipped, just getting someone on the scene who is not one of the two people currently involved to be a witness is more important sometimes than having someone there who's going to shoot somebody, you know? Um, and having higher response times means that crimes are a lot less likely to be committed in the first place. Cause the likely the people who commit crimes have to, they're going to do the cost benefit analysis on, do I want to attempt this crime or not? And the reason criminals exist is because they determine that it is worth the attempt. Well, a big factorization into whether or not it's worth it to attempt is how likely am I to get caught? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you get away with the crime in the moment. If a police officer sees you at all, even if you're masked up, it doesn't matter. If you are spotted by a police officer in person, the chances of you getting away with it drop to almost zero in the long run. They will find you in the aftermath. They will get you, you know, and they don't even have to do it violently. You know, that's another thing. Why are we, what is the, I understand that there are circumstances in which police officers need to be, you know, quick. There might, there are, there are circumstances in which other people's lives may be in immediate danger, but there are a lot of cases where they aren't. 
Just because someone is a criminal does not mean that they're out there trying to harm people every second of every day. Right. The best tool the police has is their radio mm-hmm. for getting people. Yep. And the other huge thing they have on their side is time. Right. They're ever present. If not you, it'll be a different police officer on the next shift that's going to continue. Criminals don't have shifts. You know, there's not somebody who is out there who steals the jewels, then passes them off to somebody else who's now on the clock as the criminal jewel holder that, you know, hangs on to them and traffics them. And then there may be... And even if they do have an elaborate setup like that, they're still going to go after the first guy and beat him up until he tells where the other guys are or whatever. Sure. But... If you're needing to apprehend somebody and you track them down to an apartment where they are staying, okay, you could kick the door into that apartment and drag them out there kicking and screaming in front of everybody, right? And potentially threaten the lives of everybody else involved because you don't know how many of those people are his friends who have no clue what you're doing or what what happened. What's the urgency? He stole some stuff. He's not killing anybody. Yeah. And unless you have a reason to believe that they're going to, why are you wasting time? Don't give yourself away. Just wait. He'll come out eventually to buy food, eat, drink, something. You know, just wait and apprehend people when they're out in the open and there's a low risk of people being injured and them getting away. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, why this is not. Why do we have to do these things at night, at midnight, 1 a.m.? Like, If you look at a lot of these no knock raids and warrants and stuff like that, they they get done it late at night. And the whole and the goal is to catch people while they're sleeping. I'm like, okay. Anybody who's trying to catch somebody else sleeping probably is not doing the right thing. Right. If you have to hide what you're doing in the dark and jump people and catch them off guard and, you know. Think again about what you're doing with your life. Yeah. Are you really the good guys? You should be able to walk up there in daylight and have everyone know and have zero shame about what it is that you're doing. If you really believe that you're doing the right thing, you know, instead of hiding behind a badge and a badge number, not a name, you know, stop putting just last names, put first and last names. If you are a police officer that's worried about people knowing where you live, you probably shouldn't be a police officer in a community, right? Right. Because you shouldn't have any reason to worry about people. Like the average person should be happy with you, should want to know where you live, should be happy to see you, you know? And, And I'm not saying that we can change the people's minds first it might be dangerous but you're also the one who chose this job right the the public did not get to choose you as their police officer they got to maybe elect the commissioner or something like that right but you can choose to keep that job so i think i think that's one of the things you do is you you increase police presence but you make each of them less when i say capable i mean like capable of causing harm you know give them all radios give them training but also make sure they're policing areas that they understand, that they know. That when they see something happening, they know whether it's normal or not. Like if you see a bunch of people like roughhousing, if that's normal, you're not going to freak out and put your gun and think that a fight's breaking out. Or maybe fights break out all the time. People kind of like roughhouse a lot. And you know that that's normal. It might technically be battery, but it also is just what happens here. And you know that most people involved aren't necessarily against it, maybe. And that's an extreme case, maybe, but... I could see that happening and being a thing, you know, you you know how to approach the situation as someone who maybe has participated in stuff before, you know, if you see, you know, a good example, something that I didn't, I had never experienced before until I traveled outside of where I live. I was unfamiliar with playing street games, like street dice and street bones and stuff like that. Like I I was unfamiliar with people playing games in alleyways and streets. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have little cardboard boxes set up and they're just doing stuff in their cardboard boxes. And at first I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what? why are there a bunch of people holding money gathered around a cardboard box looking in the cardboard box? I mean, as an ignorant person who's never been in an phone, like, that sounds like a drug deal. No, people are over there gambling is what they're doing. They're playing dice and trading dollars for it. Okay. If you're a police officer from there and you see that, you're not going to see that as a threatening or even potentially harmfully legal activity. Even if gambling's illegal, it's not really hurting anybody. In this case, you know, that's another thing too, is if you have a police officer who's less equipped to go after people for stupid stuff, they're less likely to just go after people for stupid stuff. Or if you're from a place and you know that everyone just does this and it's really dumb to, you know, it's maybe it is against the law, but it's dumb that it's against the law and everyone here thinks so. 
Right, you're just going to become the public enemy if you go around getting everyone for it. Sure, and maybe you understand that there is times when that thing should be illegal, right? And wrong. Like, use your judgment. Just because it's illegal, does that mean it's wrong? Like, if you walk into a room and you see something wrong happening, and I think this is something that police officers already do now, is they look for things that they feel is wrong. They don't look for things that they think are illegal, right? It's, is it wrong? And don't get me wrong, I think there's a personality type for police officers where they love their rules and that everybody should follow the rules. He gives me a look. (laughs) So, yes, if they're breaking the rules, they are being wrong, you know, or they are wrong. But I think if you have police officers who are much closer to the average person than just some faceless number and a badge, yeah, you need to reserve those times for when you actually do feel like something is morally wrong. Because if you're, if you're acting in a way that makes sense to most of the people around you, most people won't have an issue with you actually following through. And yeah, maybe police officers should be sus, you know, uh, susceptible to some levels of peer pressure. You know what I mean? Like if hmm. you walk into an apartment building to arrest somebody or to like, or you're, you found a guy and, there was these two people arguing and you go to arrest somebody and everyone else around you is like, no, I don't arrest that person. Like, what are you doing? Like that person did nothing wrong. You know, like this isn't, you know, he didn't do anything wrong, you know, like it or whatever. You should probably feel a certain way about it. Now, if don't be wrong, hold to the courage of your convictions and all, but like, you know, but if you don't actually know what's happening there, you just been called up to do something but everyone else around you is telling you that you're making a mistake. Maybe you are. And don't be wrong. I know that right now it is standard police operating procedure to in like domestic abuse or domestic dispute situations to separate people. And that sometimes involves putting someone in the back of a police car just to separate them. But the reason people find that so freaky is like, why do you have to lock them in a car? Right. Just have them go stand over there. Why is there one of you? Why can't one? Why does one person have to do all the talking in amongst the police? Are you not all equally capable? Have this police officer go talk to one of the parties and then in a way serve as that person's advocate. You stay with the other, serve as that person's advocate and you all talk, talk it out. And if you can't figure it out, that doesn't mean you should automatically by default err on the side of one or the other party. You know how many times I've seen the police officers essentially just tell people in a domestic dispute, all right, look, can one of y'all stay somewhere else tonight? Like, just sleep it off, sleep it off. Like, we don't need to be arresting anybody right now. We don't need to be, you know, trying to look for a crime here. Y'all are just fighting and you're disrupting the peace of everyone else. And everyone else wants y'all to just either figure it out or go to bed or separate for a bit. You know, can we take you somewhere else? You know, and you should be totally happy if the police officer offers you a ride and you should be confident that they will actually take you somewhere and drop you off. Right. Right. You shouldn't be worried about being tricked. Yeah. If you're worried about, if your gut instinct is, man, if I get in that cop car, I'm going downtown, you know, that's not a good place to be. That tells you a lot about what people think about the police, Mm -hmm. you know, and have police do stuff like that. You know, I would be much more happy if I were police commissioner seeing my officer's just helping people out with random things, you know, throughout the day. Like, you know, I, I just can't, I can't think of a ton of stuff, but like go to parks, like ballparks. When you have a bunch of people around doing stuff, don't stand there looking all intimidating, like keeping the peace. Go watch a baseball game and be amongst the people in your uniform. Just be there. Talk to them. I would be more curious to know how many people my officers talk to a day than how many people they arrested that day right. or fined or how many citations they gave out. People should not be worried about talking to their local neighborhood police officer and worrying that they might let something slip that gets them a citation. You know what I mean? I would think as a general rule, if people confess to crimes to you, that's not a problem unless like it's a serious crime. You know what I mean? And like they're confessing to you because they want to be like punished for some reason. Like they say they came clean and they have like a weird consciousness thing where they want to be Right, well, yeah, there's weird people like that. But I mean, sure. but yeah, but unless unless someone, you know, let let the secret slip that, you know, 
reveals that they're actually the secret kidnapper of this person who's been missing for the past, you know, year or something like that, then yeah, that's a time to act on it. But sure. most of the time, come on. Yeah. But if someone lets slides like, yeah, you know, I mean, personally, I think that the speed limit on this road's stupid. I always go 30 through here. I don't care for the 20, you know? You might be like, yeah, but I mean, don't you think there are any kids around here? Like, you know, I'm not trying to give you a citation or whatever because I didn't see you do it. But he's like, you know, you've just thought about this, maybe why? It's like, yeah, but kids don't live down here. I live down here and I know for a fact there are no kids that live on the street. It's like, oh, hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe not. I don't know. Like, just talk to people. Be a person. You, police officers commit just as many crimes as normal people do on average anyway, if not more, you know. Right. Don't pretend like you're no different when you put on the uniform. But I am different. But I have the uniform. But you're not. Like, I, I would. I have this shiny metal plate. <laughs> I'm special. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I'm just dreaming here that this would be a thing. But, like. I feel like the only reason qualified immunity even exists is because we've given up on the idea that the police officers and law enforcement and communities are of the communities anymore. They're the state now. And as much as I like people being in opposition to the state, that kind of also breaks down from the person side of it. When you see someone, you know, as that person, you know, I'm sure there are friends I have now growing that, that there are friends that I've had growing up that may or may not be police officers or serve the government in some way, shape or form today. And it kills me inside to think that they do that, but they're still that same person, you know, they, they're, they just, it's a job. They needed a job. That was the easiest job that they could get at the time that paid their bills. And you know what? I can't necessarily fault somebody for trying to do something to support themselves. And this just happened to be the only thing they could get because of some unique circumstance. Like, don't be wrong. I'm sure you could argue that, yeah, but you could have moved across town and done this other thing and it pays just as much, but you wouldn't have, you know. But when you think about it, being a police officer can be a very, very cushy job if you want it to be. Mm -hmm. You know how many police officers I see sitting in their cruisers or their SUVs on the side of the road on their phones all day? Mm -hmm. Like, person who's not moved in three hours because I drove by had to go buy a bunch of stuff and then drove back and they're still sitting there on their phone. And I know it's the same look. It's the head tilted back on the seat, phone elevated above them. And they're doing the swiping motion with their thumb. They're just scrolling through Reddit or TikTok or whatever. Like they're not paying attention. And you know, that's another weird thing. How many, have you seen those police officer like social media videos where they're in their squad car or whatever, and they're making a funny video while they're on duty? Have you seen those? No. I've seen a couple of those, and some of them are actually kind of funny. I And my first reaction to that was, wow, look at all this taxpayer money being... Wa-. That was my first attitude towards mm-hmm. it. But at, upon second thought, it's like, no, nah, like I actually don't care about that as much as I used to. This humanizes that person. And hopefully they feel humanized by it. Like, you know, I... I don't know where I come out on the issue of it necessarily, but like, which would you rather have the cop that is just like everybody else and maybe doesn't do their job the best, but they're out there just like everybody else. Like, I don't know about you, but last time I went to a doctor's office, I could see the nurse in front of me who was scheduling my appointment was on Facebook, you know, (laughs) not actually working. Like, that's just a normal thing. You see people slack, people slack all the time, you know? What? Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I mean, we never do that, but like... It couldn't be me. It couldn't be us. No, we're hard workers, but like the average person's lazy and slacks off, you know. But I mean, police officers do that too, you know. I don't know. I used to say that I don't hate any individual cop necessarily, but I hate cops. Mm -hmm. I hate cops, but a police officer might be okay or something to that effect. But in reality, I wish it was the opposite. It's like, I don't mind cops, but... You know, this guy who happens to be a cop, I hate, you know, it should be easy to separate one of them out of the group. And Right. Yeah, the problem is it's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also a thing that they do even amongst the police. You know, the idea of the fraternal order of police or the brotherhood, you know, blue bloods and all that stuff. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Get some help. Get some help. (laughs) You know. Because I think that's the biggest thing that makes people look at the police and say you're all the same is when they cover for each other. Yeah. 
How many times have you seen a police officer arrest another police officer on duty? Never. Why not? Because they're all friends. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're friends. Like, I think it would be absolutely... I've, I've seen officers talk other officers out of doing bad things, but I've never seen one just straight up arrest somebody for doing the wrong thing. Sure. But I think it would go a long way if a cop did get out of hand to see other police officers actually just arrest him right yeah, there. Just whip out the cuffs. And hear me out. What does it matter? You're taking him back to his place of business anyway. <laughs> right. And just uncuffing him when he gets anyway. there. Yeah. But you know how much of a symbol, you know how much that would mean to the people in the community to see that? To know if a police officer even gets rowdy, that other police officers are more level-headed, would arrest him and take him downtown just like they would arrest anyone else and take them downtown to get talked to. And also, I'm a bigger fan of like, I mean, yeah, people should be ca- caught and released a lot like that. Like, if you have to arrest somebody and you need to bring them downtown to be booked or whatever, like, why do we have to detain people all the time? You know, you can tell someone the thing they did was wrong in no uncertain terms and then let them get about their day. You can have a time to talk to them later. Like, I would, here's one thing I would do for sure. I would much rather be on both sides of this interaction. Imagine you get pulled over for some stupid reason. Your registration's invalid. You have a broken headlight. Whatever. Like, the stupid things that people get pulled over for. Imagine if the police officer pulled you over and said, Hey, I pulled you over because you had broken headlight didn't turn turn signal whatever something that you could get fixed your registration's bad i'm not gonna argue with you look here's your citation but you need to go get this fixed because that's really what the whole point of this law is is making sure that we all have a safe operating vehicle so how about you get this fixed and if you come down to the station and prove it in like a week we'll let you off the hook and i'll let you get about your way yeah sure cool whatever fine i can get back in my car and get on my way in under five minutes so now i'm on, i'm on my way and I have the citation to remind me. That's going to stick with me through the rest of the day. And then when I get home at night, I'm going to see that and think, oh, I got to make I really got to go get that thing. I got to get And then you got to go down and talk to the police again. But now you're doing it on your time. You get to pick when to interact with them, not the other way around. And you let them come back to you. And then you let them say, hey, look, I got to fix it. And then they get to be like, yeah, cool. Nice. Good deal. Take it. Shred it. You know, like, get out of here then. Like, that's fine. Appreciate it. You know. Why is it always the police officers coming after you? Why not, you know, tell people to come see them, you know, on your time. Be flexible with people. And you'd be surprised what people would be willing to do for you if you're flexible with them. And also, what are you worried about? Are you worried that the person with the broken headlight is going to get away and, like, leave town? <laughs> you know? Like, the, like, it's like what's the big I deal? I get out of here. They know I have a broken oh, headlight. Oh, God. I'm going to Mexico. Yeah, like, no. Who cares? Like, yeah, they'll, they'll fix it. Or they won't, and then they have to go to court. But that's their choice now, you know? Give me options, you know? I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, no other person in society can just tell you what to do like that, right? If I was going to go, like, say, for example, I had to get some medical services, right? I had to go to the doctor or the dentist and say, hey, I need to get my, I, I need to get this filling done because it's starting to irritate me so i go in the dentist's office and say all right we'll fix it for you so they get when can you come out and we'll fix it and i said oh can i come next thursday we work out a day and then we make it happen i go down there get it fixed and then when i leave it's like hey you owe us this much money like yeah because i don't have it right now can i pay it later they're like okay well it's right we'll cut you a bill and then you can pay it some other time you know every other interaction society the police the people at the dentist office are not going to lock me in a cage until i'm somehow magically able to pay that it's only the police that do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Why not function more like these other things? But, you know, and I feel like people would be a lot more respectful of you if they were, if you showed like, if, if you at least pretended that you cared about people's time and respect other people's time. I hate this. Every time I hear a police officer who has someone pulled over and someone's being somewhat uncooperative, say the thing like, hey, I'd be here all day. I'm getting paid to be here. Like, okay, now you're just being, a, you know, just being an a-hole, honestly. Right. Which is why I love having a job where I can say, fine, I'll be here all day too. And pull my phone up and just start working from my phone or something like that, you know? Just, <laughs> you know? But it shouldn't be a pissing contest of who can annoy the other person most. It should be, look, we both don't want to be here, but we both have things to do. But I have to do my thing right now. This is my job. Here's your little piece of paper. Bye. Why do you have to... And, and here's the thing that I think is messed up about that. I feel like a lot of police officers get told that they have to interact with civilians and ask stupid questions like, how's your day going? And 
where you headed and stuff like that. Like, why are you always fishing for more information? Who are you trying to catch at a random stop? You know? Well, you never know. Exactly. That's that's the that's the idea. Yeah, they're the the fear is instilled in them. You you never know who you pulled over. You could pull over a, an axe murderer. Who knows? Well, last I checked, you had a gun, so I don't see what you need to worry about from an axe murder all that much. <laughs> but right, but you need to catch him after his latest axe murder. You see? <laughs> no. The average cop does not also need to be a detective. Okay. If you need to have a subgroup of the police that are the jerks that inconvenience everybody, there's a reason they dress different or they used to. Okay. Like make them different. Make them the people like same thing with SWAT. When SWAT rolls up, I'm it's fi- real. It's real. I'm fine with everyone being like, Nope, not messing with that closing doors. Like they are not your friendly neighborhood SWAT. Like that is not a thing. The SWAT are the closest thing to soldiers that the police have. And should stay that way. And they should always be a small number of them. But your average police officer needs to be on the side of the person all the time. Be out there to actually help people all the time. You know? There's a part of me that when I see videos of like police officers playing basketball with kids. Kind of makes me happy. Not going to lie. It's, mm-hmm. it's much of a bootlicker that I'm not. You know? It, it does make me feel better to know that at least people won't immediately try to be adversarial in general. Because it's not... I don't really care if it's the police targeting people or people targeting the police. Anytime that any community has this kind of like, if you treat each other like opposite sides of a conflict, you're not going to end up getting, neither person's going to get what they want in the end, you know? And at the end of the day, most people just want to go unmolested and live about their life and do their daily thing. You know, I may not like the police being nosy, but at the same time, I don't think that they're going to go away. You know, this is just me being as pragmatic as I can be about it. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. And I think that the only way you see the reduced need for police is if you reduce the actual things that we say we need police for. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I mean, the police, at least in theory, exist to serve a function. (laughs) And their original function was not to be the attack dogs of the government. Their original function was to be just the designated person who is in charge of making sure that everyone else can continue to function normally. And then when things get... because, And it wasn't just when other people were being jerks. Like, police often worked as firefighters at times. Like, firefighters or, you know, they would go find things for people. They would look for missing people. Like, whenever some... And, and if there was a natural disaster, they were the ones who were expected to stick around through it and help people out. Like, it wasn't just... I'm here to stop the bad guy. It's like, no, you're here to help people when things are not normal, when people want them to be normal again. Your job is to bring things back to being normal so that business can commence, people, kids can go to school, people can go do their leisurely activities. That's what you exist for. You're here as essentially the pressure release valve for when things get hairy. And if you're contributing to the stickiness of the situation, then you're not doing your job, in my opinion. That's just me. And maybe I'm having too naive an idea you know, about the police, maybe they're all corrupt and they're all just in, on the take for somebody. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe, maybe now they are. Um, maybe. And I think I think we're, we're coming up pretty close on time, but it. I think the, the, the rub that I have with a lot of people who defend the police, even as they exist now, I think are people who still think that the police operate the way that you want them to. They think that the police are still just the friendly neighborhood cop, and they mm-hmm. aren't. Um, yeah, I won't sit here and pretend like that's how things are, but I'm saying that's how I would like things to. Things be. would certainly be better if they were that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that instead of we instead of prioritizing how do we get rid of police because that's not going to happen, but I do think that bringing things back to the way they used to be is more practical, or or whatever the modern iteration of that looks like. Right. Um, maybe it's different now. You know, um, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's like that now. There might be police officers who want it to be that way now. And maybe those are the police officers we should be listening to and putting in positions of leadership to help bring about that, you know. 
when I see situations like police chiefs who go out and walk streets during festivals and events with their beat cops, that I like that. You know, I like seeing the people who actually get to affect policy on the ground in the communities that they're supposed to be protecting and serving. Remember? Yeah. The people who make decisions need to be down there. You know, they don't need to be, you know, having fancy dinners with the mayor at the mayor's house with the oil tycoons and the fat cats, you know, like, or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. no, you need to be amongst the people, you know, and it's crazy to think that people also think that the, I think cops are in a weird quasi state too, because most cops are blue collar people. No pun intended. Like Hmm. they are much more an equivalent of a blue collar worker type. They do not get paid a lot of money. They do not live in extravagant wealth. Most of them can barely afford to live better than your average factory worker. You know, they should live in these communities with these people already. Mm -hmm. You know. So where's the problem coming from then? But when you, but then you start looking at who's in charge. How many of the people who are in charge of these people, the commissioners who are politicians now, more or less, that don't may have never actually served in any police capacity before you know i that's where i think a lot of this comes from is that you do have people that are in the decision making positions all right i'm the police commissioner now what do police do we got to crack down on the crime right i was elected to reduce crime whatever that means so we're gonna find them we're gonna get out there and find the bad guys yeah i'm gonna come up with my boogeyman that you're now going to save the people from. I'm also only going to hire people that are blindly loyal to me or have loyalty as a high enough trait that they'll even do morally questionable things because they're loyal and they see it as factional. You know, you can take plenty of issues with the people who are on the force that are that way. But you got to remember that it wasn't their choice. Someone hired that person, you know, I think that's my problem Mm. is the people who get to make those decisions. And, uh, and to be fair, you know, yeah, being a good cop and being a good police chief are two different things, but those people still need to have the context. They still need to actually understand what things are like on the day to day. You know, they don't need to be like, they shouldn't be living in gated communities while their officers live in apartments next to criminals that, they're trying to also lock up you know because you'll never actually have to feel the brunt of that and i don't think it's and and granted i think if you see those situations i'm happy to see police officers strike on these things i don't think that we should be supporting police officers who refuse to quit especially and and this is the hard part right because what if you're one of those police officers that actually does care and want things to go better but you're refusing to quit because you didn't do anything wrong I mean, that would be a hard place to be. Like, imagine you actually meet a guy who seems like a good guy. He just wants people to be happy. He's never shot anybody. He's let his gun rust in its holster his whole career. And he doesn't want to quit because, man, I got five years left and then I get to retire. I get my take for the rest of my life. If I quit now, I lose all that. And yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. And yeah, but I also don't agree with all these other things that are going on. And I I can tell you whose fault it might be, but I don't really want to quit to make a message and even though i think it might be the right thing to do it's like i'd have to give up so much to do it you know and it's kind of sad because i feel like the people that often call for someone else to quit don't realize that you're asking someone to give up a lot more than what you might think it is you know and and oftentimes it's, it's easy to call for anyone to do anything it's hard much harder to actually do it mm-hmm. you know and um uh, I don't know. I would feel better if I knew that there were ways that we could actually support like, and this is the other messed up part about it too, is I don't see anybody calling for the police to quit that are more than happy to help raise money to supplement that person's income. Now it's like, no, we don't want to help them. We want them to just not be there anymore. It's like, well, then why would they listen to you? If you're not actually, you know, you could both want the same thing. If you could stop for a minute and realize that they just, they just can't give you what they, they can't be the ones to give it to you Mm -hmm. themselves, you know? I don't know, but I I think that not throwing the baby out with the bathwater is a good way of looking at the problem and also being there to support the police officers that do want to do the right thing, 
while also continuing to crack down and also make it easy for those who want to do the right thing not to fall in line and support those who are doing bad things. You know, if you are bombing people's houses because they did bad things and they're bad cops, you unfortunately are not just sending a message to the bad cops out there. You know, because the good cop's going to see that and go, I'm a cop. You know, would they do that to me if they felt that way about me, even if I did nothing wrong, you know? So, I don't know. I think it's kind of tough, but I do think that there are ways that you can make, we can make it better. I just don't think it's exactly what everyone's necessarily pushing for on either side, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add to to this? Because I think we're kind of at a good stopping point, maybe. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this is uh, this is giving me some things to to think about. I think this is, I think this is this, there's enough here to give anyone, regardless of what what side of the issue you are, if you're in any of the the mainstream positions, um, to uh, to think about think about your relationship to the police, what you think they are versus what they actually are, and what they should how, be or and could what they be. Could yeah. be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Philosophers, philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.